I think Eddie's art is my favourite because they were the one like in the 80s that just, uh, when they were like, so you like wearing women's clothes? He's like, no, no, no. They're my clothes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm looking up Eddie Izzard on his, their social media <laughs> to find out how they describe themselves. Anyway, let's do a show. Anyway, relationships. <laughs> Jinsol, talking about the thing that we're not meant to talk about because we kind of don't want to, even though we chose it. I've got two Jinsolts. Mm-hmm. One, Jinsolt, when the real conspiracy theory is why Tempest won't actually talk about poo. <laughs> Because I don't poo. Because <laughs> you're a lizard. Because I sit on my food, suck it up, and then the shit just comes out of my mouth and I get paid for it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to... I'm going to save the other one for another time because that was perfect. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we should get on with this. We really should. We're all I've busy got, people. We're busy. We're so busy. Are you busy? Oh, this is a very busy I'm lockdown. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm like, <laughs> the busiest lockdown fucking ever. Relationships. Don't. We'll have three more next year. We'll have loads more lockdowns to get used to this. <laughs> I really enjoyed, like, in the interim period between lockdown one and two, it was just like, I'm so ready for the next lockdown. Oh, I'm going to start thinking about the book I want to write. Maybe start putting together some pictures for some agents. I haven't had fucking time to do shit. <laughs> no, no, no. And also, I just spent the first week specifically just surviving. It's So that's that week gone. Week two has mm-hmm. been mildly productive but mostly just putting out fires um week three we'll see anyway so relationships so so beautiful (laughs) wonderful listeners we love you so much just just so you know it's just a continual continual burning lustful love and on that beautiful note of segueing into our today's subject we've tittled around this uh wonderful discussion about relationships i don't know about you tempest um but one of the questions don't you (laughs) (laughs) if you don't know me by by now now, sorry you were saying (laughs) Uh, i was saying i don't know about you but one of the questions that i have been asked regularly it happened less but it did really crop up a lot was how does your boyfriend feel about what you do did you get this <laughs> yeah all the time but now you mention it not for a good few years why is that it's two reasons i think more of a general understanding that that's not an okay question to ask someone or that we're getting older so people just assume they either don't care or we're lonely or spinsters <laughs> Yeah, I think I have been asked it, but it's less. So I think I've been asked it in like a, the last year, but it was something that definitely was around a lot in in my career so far. What is your response to that question when you have had it? God, I dust off the old memory box. Um, before I answer it, did you find it, it's coupled alongside what do your parents think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to get out a lot as well. It seems to be that you kind of get both at the same time. Mm. And I feel like you can tell a lot about an asshole by which question they ask first. It's the same type of person that asks both of these It's the same type of person. And I feel that you get asked, what does your partner think about this? And if you make the mistake of saying, I don't have a partner. (laughs) Then they've won. Then they are like, oh, what do your parents think about it? As if you're still owned by your father, like the way that, you know, you're given away in marriage and shit like that. 
that seems to be <laughs> what happens with me. I'm curious. So what what is your um what's your answer? Oh God, I don't know. I've probably tried a variety of things over the years. I, well. Let me say, the problem with questions like this is that they're really fucking rude, but you're the person made to feel rude if you don't play along and play the polite game of giving them an answer that sounds polite. <laughs> and I, that's another thing I really fucking hate about these questions. Okay. Uh, uh, God, I don't know. Probably just like, oh, they're fine with it to just taking the piss. I'm not sure I managed to come up with anything very clever. What did you say? Most of the time I would be like, yeah, of course they're absolutely fine with it. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. And just like yeah. shrugging it off. Something but like one or two times when I was drunk and feeling really arsy, I was like, they, they don't know I'm here. Don't tell them. <laughs> nice. Just to see their reaction. And most of the time they'd see that it was a joke and that they were being a prick. And Very good. I've told you the story of like someone actually asking me mid-performance if my parents knew what I was doing. <laughs> Just being like, uh, yes. Brilliant. <laughs> Do you want me to call them? Sometimes I wish you had. Just like, hang on, let me get Mama Brow on the phone. <laughs> That'd be so funny. You can imagine on stage just being like, boop, 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 let's find out, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to the relationship one because we should, and we always talk about doing a parents one. Well, a mother one, but I think a dad episode could be interesting as well. Just to really rinse out the old family secret closet. <laughs> family <laughs> The family sponge. <laughs> yeah, just to know where all the dead bodies are buried. So it's a question that comes mostly from dicks, but I think there's a small section of women who have asked me that question, not really about me, but about them. Yeah. Which is yeah, all, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I imagine will form a large chunk of what we're going to talk about today. Yes, because they're <laughs> looking for answers and validations on how to tackle this conversation, which is a really, really... Uh... I don't know if we need to state this at the beginning of the episode, but your partner shouldn't dictate what you do for a living. Mm. Yeah, you're not your partner's property. Now, that seems like an obvious thing to say, but I think it comes up in so many minuscule, subconscious, hidden, toxic ways that actually so often we behave as if we are. Yeah, and understandably so. Like One of the things is like anything that, I have realized that I've been acting on because of this kind of like oppressive patriarchy of how I'm supposed to behave that you can see where it comes from right from like when you're a child the messages that you've been brought up with the simple idea that what we do for a living is still classed as morally unbecoming bankrupt yes Mm -hmm. it's just (laughs) still seedy and sordid and also Mm. this other thing that like it's okay that you do it but once you're in your relationship, then you have to stop because that naked body is someone else's. And it's so Ooh. strange and alien. Anyway, I've been in relationships in and out throughout my entire career. Some of them have had real issues. Some of them have had interesting yeah. boundaries. I've got a section here that just says red flags. <laughs> mm, yes, I, before we started, Googled some of those. We should definitely do some kind of little checklist there. Yeah, like just a few things. To take away with you. Yeah. Just a few things that you might think, should I feel icky about that? And we're here to say yes. Yes, you should. Mm. The only thing going through, which is like the main thing that does affect my relationships, and it's something that isn't necessarily a problem, it's just something that I've noticed, is the one thing that isn't to do with what I do for a job for a living. It is to do with the fact that I work nights. That's when the Mm. issues comes in. So when you're dating someone, this is something that I feel is a legitimate problem and not necessarily like a oppressive problem. When you date someone who has 
most likely, very high percentage chance, has a nine to five job and your job is six to 12, it's quite hard to fit in the time to see them. So um, just as off the bat, when dating a burlesque dancer or if you're a burlesque dancer listening and you want to date someone, just make sure that lunches are a thing. Afternoon delight is one of the favourite things in the world. Turn up at their office on a Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock and sit on their face. <laughs> okay, that's not appropriate for everybody's job, so maybe check first. <laughs> check before you turn up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe make sure in advance that that's going to be something they find exciting and not something they get yeah. fired for. <laughs> but what I'm saying basically is that your relationship, the one thing that really helped me recently over the last few years is that your relationship doesn't have to be dictated by the times that have been set out by society. Just because your time isn't necessarily the norm doesn't mean it's the wrong time. And if you are made to feel bad for it, that is a warning sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you've raised an interesting issue, isn't it? The glamour versus the reality. Lots of people think that it's super fun to date somebody who does what we do, and then they realise that it's they're just it's it's a completely different lifestyle that you're probably not okay with, mm. even when it comes to timetabling. Yeah, when I brief periods of dating whilst doing this, because I've been in a relationship for most of my career, the thing that just comes up time and time again, it's like, oh, what do you do? Well, most I do this in the evenings and on the weekends. I like to do this what do you do with your free time <laughs> I'm like well all of the free time you've said is when I'm working so my free times are Monday mornings weekday lunch times maybe a Sunday afternoon so this just isn't gonna work mm. because oh it's not gonna work so many times one of my like real filters for when I start dating someone new is like oh, okay cool so let's see each other on Saturday I was like no 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 I'm working on Saturday okay cool 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 what about next Saturday no 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 I work <laughs> Every single Saturday, I am never going to have a Saturday available. Okay, but what about if I book you really, really far in advance? I'm like, I'm still not going to give you that Saturday, even if I'm free. And they're like, oh, well, why wouldn't you do that? And I'm like, because I don't want to lose money over you. Farewell, kind sir. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's like out Monday morning. What are you doing at 11 a.m.? I'm at work. Okay, what about Tuesday at 11 a.m.? Yeah. I mean, there's five days. I've given you five days to choose from and you can't make an 11 o'clock date work. No, because I'm at work. You just would oh. never do that the other way around. Yeah, it's like, well, have you ever heard of a sexy brunch? <laughs> day drinking, weekday drinking. It's the weekday new drinking. Saturday night. Join us. <laughs> oh, and also the other one, two things. If they get past that test and then they're like, oh, but... Why don't I come to a show? Ugh. No. No. I'm working. I don't turn up at your office, even though I'm making a joke about turning up at your office at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon and sitting on your face. Now you work from home. That's easier. But I'm I'm not going to do that. I don't just turn up at your work. It's weird. Yeah. You're welcome to come buy a ticket to the show, but I'm probably not going to talk to you. And the other one is I'll come see you after the show. And I'm like, mm. oh, God. No. Can you not? Because it's like 12 o'clock and I'll be in drag and then I'll have to take off drag because you won't fuck me in drag. And then I'll have to make my face all red and blotchy and really uncomfortable. And then I have to have like moisturizer and by the time I've taken my makeup off and eaten my hula hoops, I really don't necessarily want to sit on your dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're like, yeah, you can come down, but I'll be busy lapping up audience attention and getting <laughs> fucking wasted. So you're probably not going to enjoy it. Oh, the other mm. one I also love is just like, well, let's Sunday. Let's do something on Sunday. Amazing. Let's go out on Sunday. Be ready by 9 p.m. What? <laughs> 
mum, we're going to an all night party. My mate runs a lock in. He'll be great. We can yeah. drink till Monday at 7am. Oh, that doesn't work for you. Oh, so no, you're attracted to the glamour, but only when it fits into your schedule. Exactly. It's like, well, no, the things that you are attracted to and want to do, these underground dark things exist when we're not working and those people aren't working and up for a good time. So... Buckle yeah. in. <laughs> you like this crystal? You like all this makeup? Imagine it covering everything that you fucking own. Imagine turning <laughs> up to work with glitter on your face. Imagine picking up every household towel and seeing that it's covered in makeup. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Imagine a carpet that never doesn't have shiny things in it. Are Aww. you loving this? Sexy for you? Imagine radiators full of expensive lingerie that I don't wear unless I'm being paid to do so on stage whilst I bring out my granny pants because they're comfy and my crotch is tired <laughs> I mean who wouldn't want that <laughs> because my crotch is tired <laughs> oh, what can I say expensive knickers aren't comfy <laughs> oh Oh, no, yeah, I've moved into a period of my life where I only wear full brief pants unless yes. I'm getting paid. I'm just Welcome. Like, unless, it's, unless it's holding my entire bum. I'm really not interested. I don't want it. <laughs> no, I'm not a Christmas present for you to unwrap just on the off chance you might unwrap me. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I am a comfy ball of squish. And if you want to unwrap me, sometimes you have to literally full on take the pants from over my nipples down <laughs> over my nipples. <laughs> <glasses. laughs> uh, yeah, you can have two modes of dress. You can dress up more than you've ever dressed up in your life to reach my level of I'm just going to throw on this ball gown faux fur and all of the rhinestones that God has made or you can have me with makeup residue on my face looking like somebody who gets followed around shopping centres okay <laughs> <laughs> one or the other yeah, yeah I see that you like drugs and chemicals but how do you feel about intoxicated nipples that are crusty with really toxic glue <laughs> It's really important to get someone who is not into burlesque. Oh my God, I think it's a really important (laughs) trait for someone because one thing I have found with a partner that I did have who was a performer and was into burlesque, we had a lot of problems because number one, they had opinions on what burlesque was. Therefore, it was like, cool, great, that's fun. But also their idea of what the lifestyle and everything was and what they were attracted to was really a problem because it contradicted what actual my life was and what I needed. And what I need is not someone to go out and I know you and I disagree on this one. Like I need someone that I can chill the fuck out with. I don't want a party buddy. Is is that the same for you? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that totally. Mm. Um, I've never thought about what you've just said, but it is so true. And I think maybe when you start in burlesque, you want that part of you to be like loved and accepted and celebrated with the person that you're with. And then the longer you do it, you need that person to be the antidote to all of this shit. And they obviously have to like love and support and respect what you do. But I I totally agree with you. I don't want some fucker who's like a fan at every fucking show. Again, I like my partner to come to the show and and be enthralled and think it's worthwhile and, and, you know, respect it and enjoy it. But previously, I have thought it was a problem that they didn't love it, love it, love it, love it, oh, love really? it. Um, and actually, it's better. Yeah, it's better that they don't. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's important that they enjoy it and accept it. And when they're there to cheer you on for the milestones, I find that's that's what I want. I want someone there. I also want someone that I can call and be like, "Hi, babe. Um, 
you know, all that like suitcase lifting and all that show talk that I've bored you with all this time. I need you to step in and be a stage manager because someone just dropped out. Love you. That's someone, yeah. and someone who will who will jump in and is like who will understand how things work and do. I think is is really important. Yeah, yeah. I've never really been with someone who's like really really loved burlesque, but I have slept with a couple of fans. Oh, how was that? Creepy. And it's the worst idea in the entire world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you need somebody who can take this phone call and just say yes, which is, hi, the show's going to start in 40 minutes and I've left half my costume on the living room floor. Can you pick it up, jump in an Uber and come and deliver it to me? (laughs) Yeah. And also who will understand that sometimes conversations around stuff that we need won't come with frills. Mm. because it needs to happen now (gasps) that's a big tension point in my household don't talk to me like i work for you (laughs) it's an interesting boundary and an interesting discussion to have because there is a sometimes there are certain things that we need from partners and my partner tom refers to when i'm at work and the way that i talk to them as boss mode Boss mode is like when Mm. I haven't got time for frills or any stuff around the conversation. And the first time it happened, it kind of set him into like a really weird spin where they were like, I don't understand what's wrong. Why is this conversation jarring? What have I done? And then I explained to them that I was on my way to work and this is something that I will do. Then they understood it. And they're amazing in the sense that they can just adjust that sort of mind frame. And so when they're at like shows and stuff, they just will sit there and just take me walking past them, not even acknowledging them, just like. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I've noticed that they will stop people from talking to me if they're like going to talk or get in my way, just be like, (laughs) no. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you recognise this faster than I did because for ages when Luke used to say that, in my head, I was like, I don't talk rudely to the people that work for me. But the appropriate response to that isn't, I would never talk like this to them. (laughs) But it turns out what he meant was what you were talking about, which is it just just comes with no frills at all. It's just just blunt and to the point. And I guess one of the big problems, because we live together, and I don't know how this, you find this with your relationships. I'm at work at home, especially during lockdown, constantly, whereas Luke will be genuinely having a day off and we're just in two completely different mindsets. Yeah. That actually, that makes sense. I've never lived with a partner. I've never lived with a partner. I've lived with three. Oh, fuck me sideways. <laughs> I have fantasies about living with partners every now and then. Like, I would really love the idea of living with Tom every now and then. But then I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I think I'm going to live on my own for quite a while. I would like to live on my own for quite a while. Enjoy because it. I like that I can be a cunt in my space and I don't have to worry about accidentally bumping into someone else on the road. The same way I don't want to have flatmates because I want to be able to just like... Oof. I feel humans require so much padding sometimes. And when I'm in a space that I'm like, I need to get work done. This is my office. This is my home. This is my place to be both depressed and both dance around naked with joy. So... That's what it is. I wonder what it'd be like. I'm trying to think of if we've had this experience. Tom has helped me video some of my stuff for OnlyFans and take pictures for me, which has been really, really helpful and useful. And so I guess we have had a few discussions where I'm in boss mode trying to get lighting and things sorted and I've been quite short with them. And actually, no, they've taken it on the chin like a champ, so I can't complain. 
<laughs> I think you, you kind of have to, don't you? Because it's part of what we do. And again, there isn't just this like, please, if you wouldn't mind when you hold the camera, if it's not too much trouble, can you angle it this way? And can you, ah, no time. <laughs> yeah, I tend to say things and follow with love you, bye. Nice. Uh, Luke's a chef, so he at least understands short speaking i don't know what yeah. it would be like to do this with somebody who works in an industry where like you never talk to people in boss bitch mode ah oh, no I, I have had like partners or people that i've been on dates with who just can't take boss bitch mode that's fine but it's just it's not going anywhere and i, I i'm i'm not adapting it because i'm in my place of work male and female male and female i've had more problem with men than women mm. Mm. Well, that was going to be my assumption, but you can't really assume. So it's interesting that even women to women, the problems come up. Woman to woman has happened, I'd say one and a half times. Like the other one, I wouldn't really necessarily count. We were kind of dating. And then men definitely has appeared in all my male relationships. So, and one in particular where it was a real, like real problem, because that's how I talk to other people. I don't talk to them like that. I talk to them with the complete love and support and I look at them as if they're a fucking god. I just find... Like, no. <laughs> men just aren't or weren't, because can't speak to how woke couples and women and parents are raising children now, but with the age groups that we will have to deal with and our friends deal with, the, the age spectrum that it comes up in relationships at our ages, men, whether they want to be feminist in their mindset or not just aren't raised with this idea that they would revolve some of their existence around their female partners in the way that we are subconsciously raised to revolve ourselves around our male partner and it's that whole like behind every successful man as a woman like you know the, our whole sphere was kind of manipulating the back end and having a conversation with a work colleague that makes your husband's promotion more likely it's like it's all, like these are the kind of the womanly arts that we're supposed to understand and even when we get rid of them consciously they live in the undercurrents of how heterosexual couples i think will so often relate to each other yeah, I think they they do exist in like the undercurrents, and I think there is this real like this like n like nasty kind of like weird pulse through mm. uh, heterosexual couples and in my heterosexual relationships. I say heterosexual, that's because I feel it's the only way I can quickly define that it was with a man. Mm. I do then have some sympathy for the extent to which men can detangle that because so much of it is subconscious. Oh my god, I so understand how hard it is to unlearn a thing that is that is something you can't even quite pinpoint you're it's so nuanced and so ingrained you can't see where it begins and where it ends and when's your independent thought where is the thought that you actually think about it where does your critic come in that i completely empathize these conversations specifically about like burlesque and how it affects your relationship with a person usually it means talking about specifically relationships with men because there is a patience and understanding that has to come with something. Oh my God. <clears throat> so how much time are you willing to dedicate to shifting someone's mindset and have them come round to comparison to actually damaging your self-esteem and your self-worth is I think the balance that you have to strike when, hmm. when you're questioning how does your relationship be affected by burlesque. I think women in particular... We feel really guilty for asking for less than and up to half. 
<laughs> but I think when we want kind of equality, however that translates in a sphere of our relationship, it feels like being demanding. And I really hate that. <laughs> like it feels like we're dominating. Mm. No, I'm with you. There is a really amazing study that I feel would be very good to quote about now. It's the one with the conversation. I know exactly what it is. Do you know what the study's called? Um, I don't. I know the study you're referring to, which monitored mixed gendered conversations and then asked the people who took part in the conversations who they felt talked more. And when women spoke, they actually talked less than for half of the conversation split, but were perceived as talking for the majority of the time. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it was like the men were asked afterwards who dominated the conversation and men were like, the women the women dominated the conversation and actually they only contributed something so, so low, like 20% or something like that. It wasn't even close to half. Yeah. Oh. And to, to make that contribution, the women felt that they were like really having to insert themselves into the conversation. Oh, yeah. I think that just translates to so much to do with relationships. Oh my God, so much to do with it. Mm. Anyway, so on my list of kind of negative relationship dynamics that I've learned and I observe with my friends is this kind of thing of like when women have to make up for working. So it's kind of like, oh, I I had to, you know, I know that like I had a gig tonight, so I made sure that I did all of these other things. It's like you, you have to like pay penance for going to work. That just drives me up the wall. Oh, no, 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 no. That's vile. I have had that experience in relationships where I've had to make up for all the weekends that I've not been able to do. And I remember thinking that that was correct. And I remember thinking that I had to. And I like sacrificed a weekend of work. So I just took a weekend off to spend time with them in particular. They spent the entire weekend just shouting at me. It Mm. was awful. And they were a performer anyway. I remember taking that weekend off because I felt so guilty that I didn't have, I've never given them a weekend. Looking back at that person I am now, they never took a week off in their life for you. They never took a day off of work. They never even took an hour longer lunch. There was no, none of that. You sacrificed money to please their ego because they Mm. had literally spent the entire time making you feel so guilty that you couldn't conform to their schedule, which is not, not only not meeting someone halfway, it is a hundred percent one way and yeah that's why there is a difference between trying to accommodate around your schedule and trying to make time for both of you than there is someone blaming you for the fact that you don't have time together and it's just such an important difference in relationship statuses in our world I think it's such an important difference when someone's like Mm -hmm. okay so you don't have that time I don't have that time but look we both have one to three o'clock on a Friday afternoon I can take a long lunch Let's have like a nice, like, nice cuddle and a lunch somewhere. That's teamwork, not you don't have a Saturday free. You never have Saturdays free. And I was like, I never had Saturdays free before. <laughs> no, no. Do you think we suffer doubly because we have the societal thing that our work is less important anyway? And then our work is performing. And in particular, when it's burlesque, is a deemed particularly frivolous type of performing. Oh, and then the other thing that sometimes it's like, yeah, but when you were, I mean, you're working with your friends. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still at work. <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes we get the worst brunt of it. 
I think I, I agree. I think if someone doesn't understand and they just see it as like, you just work with your friends, you just drink and do shows, it's like... Just get dressed up and flounce about. Yeah. It's not just relationships. It's the same way anyone looks at our job where they don't see like the millions of hours that we put into the work outside of the actual performance. Like the performance is technically the paid job, but it is also just the cherry on top that gets us through the shit ice cream <laughs> that is just appalling sometimes. Yeah, I don't like that kind of frivolous thing. Also, being with a relationship, when someone sees your work-life balance, disagrees with it, and then has a real issue with like either your money situation or, I don't know, just warning signs in general. That's really tough. I find it attractive when people are like super excited about their work and quite career-focused and quite driven about their work. So... So actually, it's a problem that I very rarely come across, but I can imagine, yeah, people seeing our work-life balance and if they're not similarly totally tied to their career, yeah, judging it and finding it difficult to understand. Particularly, well, again, like, if you factor money in. Sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, no, no, I completely agree. It's also this conversation we're having just in the warm-up chart earlier that probably won't go into this, so to people listening, it's going to be completely irrelevant, is that, like, sometimes our work doesn't directly pay us. Sometimes the thing we're doing is, isn't is direct money. If you're not a freelancer in particular, if you're not self-employed, you don't understand that that thing I'm doing for free is benefiting me in other ways. But then they're like, why are you doing it? You're not getting paid for it or you're not doing it. It's like, no, 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 no. This is part of a bigger scheme. This is part mm. of a bigger thing I have to do one thing dating and relationships and burlesque never date anyone who is specifically attracted to your character oh my god yeah just never do it I have dated not dated I've I've just made mistakes okay people <laughs> just don't do it I've made mistakes it's great for your ego yeah they're super into it sure but no bad bad Lolo get back in your box <laughs> Oh my God, yeah, never ever do that, which is tricky because they have to accept that part of you. Um, I was just going to add on to that one. Mm -hmm. It's really weird because you've got to find someone who's not necessarily enthralled by the person that you are on stage, but likes them. They have to respect <laughs> at them. At least. They have to respect them and they have to respect that they are almost independent of your relationship. Mm. That's a really tricky one. Yeah, I don't want you to be attracted to Lolo. I make her specifically grotesque in lots of ways. She's sexy in some ways and grotesque in other ways. The same way I'm not expecting every audience in the room to be attracted or empowered. Is There's so many different things to it. There's just, it's... Understanding the character is not for you. That's all you need to know. Yes, that's a really good way of putting it. Every so often on Facebook, particularly in like performer groups, you get this sort of agony aunt scenario where a new performer is like, my partner hates burlesque and they've said this, this and this about it. And it's really difficult because I found this thing I really love and I wish they'd accept it. Does anybody have any advice? And like, I appreciate the struggle. The sad part of the advice is you and I, I imagine we'd have the same answer, which is dump them. <laughs> dump them. Dump them. them. We've met them. Dump them. Yeah, if your person you're with can't accept that you have a little part of you that's just for you and the people that you choose to share that with and like a piece of personality that doesn't revolve around them and that that's an important part of you being yourself and you expressing your true self, then dump them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it's also the simple, the simple thing. The simple thing is if you found something, I don't know about you, but there's nothing that brings me more joy than my partner finding something that sparks them. 
there's something that happens when your partner is mm. enthralled by something new, especially when you're with them for a period of time and long. And so you've seen them in their lows. So when you see them in their highs, especially around something fun and exciting, a new hobby, it's enthralling and it's so nice to be around. They have this energy. They're happier. They have this positive towards you. So if you're in a relationship where your partner is on that journey and your instinct is to crush it, that is a bad person. Bad. Just end of. Get rid of them. But we're also that friend that's like, dump them. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dump them. Immediately. Here's my phone. <laughs> yeah. Just, just do it now. Yeah. Oh my God. I wrote the text. You're so. Before you started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you've already. I've had this saved in my draft now for months on end. So I would just press go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You have to, to sustain a long term relationship. Well, you have to sustain an interesting life, found new things to keep you interested in life and being alive. Mm. And I feel like the same thing exists in a relationship because when your partner gets really, really excited about something, it kind of renews them. And if you, I think if you're in a positive environment and that thing is a positive thing, it renews how you see each other. And that's attractive, isn't it? I think so. Like seeing your yeah. partner being like excited and motivated and kind of refreshed and, and passionate about something. I think that's a really lovely personality trait so to look at that and feel threatened and insecure which I assume are some of the major things sitting underneath a negative reaction to this it just really exposes something quite dangerous and damaging that they either need to be pulled up on and shown kind of like look this is why you feel this way are you are you happy with that or just dumb them yeah because I understand it's not as simple as dumping them. We make uh, jokes. Yeah. Like we don't, we know, we know it's not as simple as that. And there are so many things. It's, it's just when it gets to the point where you aren't doing the thing that you love because of someone else. If your partner's literally provided you with that choice and ultimatum, then that's not a relationship. That's not a communication. That is you conforming yourself to someone else's standards and rules. Mm. And that's 100% going that way. It's no, There's no give and take. And it's also creepy because it means that there will be dynamics where that's happening that exist because your partner doesn't see you as a whole independent person. They see you as a sidekick or a foil to their life, which is not a dynamic you want to be in. Mm. There's many reasons why we've heard partners say that they don't like burlesque. Some reasons are that they think it's cheap and tacky like someone just not liking the art form as the art form. Mm. Other people feeling uncomfortable with the fact that you'll be taking off your clothes in front of other people that are not them. Mm -hmm. And some people have even said that they're not comfortable with them being backstage with like other men and stuff like that. And it's these fascinating things. All these things, and I'm going to put it very bluntly, are signs of possession. Mm. This is not good stuff. If someone thinks that they have any right to tell you who you can show your body to, then... I'm sorry, just no. I think if you're one of these people as well, because jealousy is definitely a, an emotion that I feel a lot, so I can sympathise with my fellow jealous people. It's not a good emotion, but it is a natural human emotion. It's always worth remembering that if your partner's going to cheat on you, they're going to cheat on you. And it doesn't matter whether they're backstage and it doesn't matter whether they do an art form that has performative sexuality and it doesn't matter if they never have any hobbies or they never go anywhere. The truth is, is that if someone's going to cheat on you, someone's going to cheat on you and you trying to keep them in a vice-like grip by limiting avenues that you think might lead to that is just going to make the situation worse. And that concludes our talk on non-monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah no i get it but then it's like that works within both relationships no 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 no. it works it works with all of it you perfectly summed up non-monogamy in some ways in the people's arguments against it mm. if that makes sense yeah i just found it really interesting because i was like that's nailed it but the other um what I find really, really helps with these discussions um, when people talk about how they wouldn't want to do burlesque because their partner will get jealous and things like that is something that helps me with my actual relationships of like non-monogamy specifically because jealousy is this conversation that we have to have a lot about. I find that jealousy for me isn't a full emotion. Jealousy is a symptom of something else. Mm. For me, jealousy is a representation that I'm not getting my needs met in that area or I'm insecure about something in particular. Mm-hmm. So if your partner is getting jealous about you showing your body to a group of people, there's a really interesting conversation that you can have where you take it back two steps and you ask them why mm. what is the fear what 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 are you worried it's going to happen when i go on stage and i take my clothes off that someone else will be sexually attracted to me why are you worried that someone else will be sexually attracted to me is it because you feel that you're entitled to have that ownership over your body because if that's the case that's the problem that needs to be addressed so there's that really interesting of taking steps back away from the actual emotion instead of trying to take away the problem that you doing burlesque isn't the problem is something else going on in the background yeah and whether once you find that in is whether or not you want to work on it or whether or not you want to separate from it yeah that's a really really good advice and absolutely i mean it's never burlesque that's the problem or whatever the thing is that you're arguing (laughs) burlesque is never the problem burlesque (laughs) is never the problem (laughs) always the solution um Yeah, there's always something going on under the surface. Because again, like, you know, even with the train of thought that you've progressed through about showing the body and stuff, other people finding you attractive. I mean, people find other people attractive in life. It doesn't matter whether you're performing a ballet show or you're having dinner in a mixed group of friends. <laughs> you can't shut or down. Or like walking he- down the street. Exactly. You, you know, you can't control all of that. I do feel for people because all of these things rely on having a partner who's willing to actually have conversations like this and again I hope that it's getting better in terms of men in particular being willing and able and having the vocabulary to talk about their feelings and to dismantle their feelings but for so long that's just not been something that we've taught men to do yeah of course it's it's, there's so many intersectional conversations around it and it is fascinating i was just writing down while we're talking about it because the other one is like it's the possession and ownership of your body there's a lot of things that happen in heterosexual relationships in particular that i've noticed where it's subconscious and there whereas like my naked body is just for you it's just like it's this gift and there's this entitlement specifically because there is a lot more shame around the female form in particular being in public that it is supposed to be for your partner and for for privacy and and for modesty for christ's sake women cover up your shoulders (laughs) and i just wrote down in my head oh it's a bit like a commodity and it goes back to our episode about virginity and this kind of idea of how uh, our body is a gift and there is an entitlement to it i know it's it's gross i hate it i feel i feel physically sick Mm, i've just made nauseous face but so it, it might not be present in someone's mind but it is something that people are raised with mm. that it belongs to them and it's, it's it's so gross it's so gross it's it's super gross and we're all subject to it yeah burn it <laughs> burn it, to, burn the it to the ground i was just thinking cultural dynamics as well because in my head i'm like i wonder how often these arguments come up in somewhere like italy for example i'm half italian i'm only saying that uh so are you know that i'm not just spouting nonsense from no knowledge if you don't know a lot about my background whereby the body 
is less censored and there are other countries again where like nudity is just much less of a thing but then I guess in Italy you've got the you do have quite a big background of kind of like ownership of of women I wonder how that plays out Ah, that's just a personal thought process (laughs) I think it's an amazing thought process I'm also curious about one question that I had in particular where a burlesque dancer was talking to me about how her partner wasn't uncomfortable with burlesque was totally fine with them doing it it's totally fine but wasn't comfortable with them sitting on a chair with their legs open even though they were in a thong on stage so like that's not being cool with it showing there's still some autonomy and there's still things there if a partner is going to put in boundaries within what you can do so say that like oh no no, no it's totally cool because they can say I, they said i can do burlesque Ugh, oh, that's a horrible thing sorry they're totally fine with me doing burlesque but i'm just not allowed to do this this and this for them to feel comfortable it's like no if they're still putting boundaries into what you're doing you're not able to fully express what you're trying to do and if you have to consider someone else in your expression of sexuality empowerment and art it's not your expression end of yeah I mean, I think uh, you and I are both people who's like, I do like one. <laughs> uh, yeah, problem with that. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I know people, as do you, who are much more like, it's relationship and we make a shared set of rules and we both agree to them. And, and if they're happy and I'm happy, blah, 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 blah. And... I don't know. I suppose there's a part of me that feels like I have to respect that as long as it's based on genuine agreement. It's not it's not my way of doing things, but everybody makes their own rules. Um, I guess I, I like it's important to have communication and boundaries. So the person I'm particularly in talking about, and I don't think you know them is interesting just simply because I want to know what boundaries are in place for how their partner sits. <laughs> like, I just... Yes! I'm just like... Yes! I, I'm like, what discussions have you had about how they sit or what they wear at the gym or anything like that? And of course, like, everything should be a conversation, but that's what it is. It should be a conversation, not... I just... Yeah, I know. I think you've sort of answered my question. Okay, cool. Because I'm struggling. Because it's an interesting crossover with, like, you're very keen on, like, discussing shared boundaries and making sure everyone's happy and having conversations about it. And I suppose I agree with you. The question then here is, is this just about what you're allowed to do? Or are you having discussions about how your partner's allowed to present their sexuality and their body when it comes to relating to other people outside the relationship? But it's not relating to other people outside the relationship. It's just like, it's just existing. It's work. There is, even if your partner is saying that they're like fine with you doing burlesque and stuff, there are still ways that can be controlling, which I find quite tricky to navigate. And and also you talk about it where we're both the sort of people who are like, no, fuck him, I'll do what I want. I feel like I've only really gotten good at actually coming through with my attitude and life recently. I like, I commented how I feel like I actually have body autonomy for the first time and I'm nearly 30 it's taken me like this long like the simple thing like I grew my pubes out over last lockdown and it was great and it was fun and I waxed them off and I've grown them back again and I love them like they're thick and they're bouncy and they're black and it's really like yes fuck it suits me and I love it and this is the first time where I've been with a partner who is full-on not commented in terms of like neither here nor there and I genuinely know that they just don't care Mm. like it just doesn't bother them and the other people that I was seeing it's the same like I just 
because I'm like, no, this is what it is. They're just like, all right. Yeah, that's great. I think I've just gotten better at choosing non-shit people. Yeah, but also, you know, another avenue to that is you just get married and you just stop and you just wear each other out and you don't care. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there are multiple Uh, avenues to reaching this beautiful time. (laughs) Oh, there's so many avenues. How will you reach the non-fucks given point in your life? Um, But you raised a very important point that we should acknowledge, which is you and I are like, we don't care! We're saying we don't care and living a life whereby you actually don't care is something to constantly strive for. Of course. On red flags, should we go on to another red flag? Have you got one you want to give or should I give one? Keeping a tally, I've written. Uh, You know when somebody, like, you think they're not, but they're subconsciously totting up in their head all of the times that they felt that you've you've gone out with your friends or you were on the phone too or you did that burlesque thing any kind of tally taking I think it's a red flag I think it's a red flag it's also something that I'm guilty of Mm, well I was going to go and say if you find yourself tally taking in your head then there are some issues that you need to do some work on Mm. either as a couple or as a relationship or or in yourself yeah no no definitely it's something you have to really let go of and that's something that I have had to try at. I seem to be, I seem to have done it. Oh, I'm definitely the one for, we've arguing about soap, but now I've brought up seven things that have happened over the past year that I've been silently angry about. Love oh. it. Always. Yes. <laughs> Is it a real row if you're actually rowing about the thing that you're rowing about or you're actually rowing about something that happened weeks ago that you didn't row about at the time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for all of it. My next one. <laughs> is I had a partner who, you've told, I've told you about this, who got repeatedly upset with me how I didn't mention them on stage. <laughs> you have to tell me about that. To the point where oh, I had to shoehorn them into something and I've never... I talk about authenticity on stage and how being authentic and present on stage is one of the most important things in what I do and why I feel it's a really important performer training. That was the only time where I feel like I've directly lied on stage is when I brought them up, it felt like I was being so inauthentic, so scripted, so lied, controlled, and my whole philosophy is about pressing the fucker button and letting go. I've never felt more caged in my life. Mm. I don't really tend to put much stuff about my partners on social media. I, I kind of like do now in terms of like, I find it fun because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But when a partner is directly pointing out and criticizing me for not putting on my social media that I'm in a relationship and things like that, it's like, that's my work social media. Red flag. It's a red flag. It's a red flag. It's a red flag. Performative relationships in general. Mm. I, whenever I see, look, we all know I'm a judgy cunt. I feel like that shouldn't be news now to any of you, even though I've been trying to suppress it for most of these podcasts. Oh, I love it that you bring me with judgy like opinions from social media stuff, and like I'm not going to give you the judgy one back. You're like, fine, I'm going to go to another group that will support me, and I'm like, okay, bye. I hate it when you don't support me in things I screenshot and send to you on a private WhatsApp message, so we can bitch about it. Find it really upsetting, but it means that you know I'll never lie to you. Does it? Okay. I hate two-facedness. <laughs> so that's a positive. But also, I really like it. But I have other friends yeah, for that. It's good. <laughs> it's good you have other friends for it. I can just feel you judging me. No, I'm coming back to my judginess. When I sometimes, do you get this? You're going to be like, no, that's just you. Because Stop assuming. Hit me. <laughs> 
when you're when you see somebody post something on social media about their relationship especially about a partner who isn't on social media or hardly ever posts on social media or something that they could tell them face to face but have decided to post about it instead I'm like "Mm, something's going wrong (laughs) what are you talking about I actually don't know what you're talking about what what kind of things oh things like um I just want to say how much I love my boyfriend. He's been there for me through thick and thin and I couldn't have done anything without him. Today is our anniversary. He's not actually on Facebook, but I have to tell you all about all of the many ways that I love them. And I'm a bit like, why don't you tell them all the many ways that you love them? Yeah, if they're not on Facebook, why are you telling it in public? I will agree with you. Right. I I feel that's there's something to be said for like public appreciation like it's nice to like we do birthday shouts out for people and stuff like that like it's it's normal to appreciate someone in public is like activism when does it feel performative and when does it feel real exactly yeah i don't know i don't i i find it really hard to look at relationships online because i'm always like i don't understand what it's supposed to look like i think we talked about this ages ago where i read a study that putting your partners on your social media is very good for self-esteem within the relationship but as and when it feels like as long as it's un, like unposed and it's real and it feels authentic it's really good for relationships because it's public valid- uh, validity mm. yeah it's like a public endorsement of yeah. your or of how much they mean to you yeah and i think i, get that. I, I like that i've been doing that like little bits and bobs here and there it feels nice and it feels real and authentic but it's when you see it plastered all over like insta couples make me feel so uncomfortable oh i hate it I hate it. Also, I think it comes back to like, yeah, if you want to post about how much you love your partner, I'll roll my eyes and screenshot it. But at the end of the day, that's your choice. Yeah. But if your partner is being like... And I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> sure. Um, but <laughs> if your partner is doing the online equivalent of what you say your ex used to do, then it's a red flag. It's a super red flag, <laughs> especially if it's just your work account. If it's your work account and it says your stage name on your work account and your partner feels the need that they have to be present it goes back to the conversation we're having earlier why do they want to be present on your work account and then ask the questions backwards because it's always something else and if it's because they want to feel validated there are other ways to validate a relationship that doesn't mean that can interfere with your work yeah and actually you raise a good caveat which is your work account because another red flag is you're with somebody who never mentions you on their social media non-work social media that doesn't necessarily apply, I think, in our industry, but surely we've all had friends who have been like, he never posts when he's out with me. There's just loads of pictures of him out with his friends, but he never even mentions me on his social media. Yeah, he's probably got another girlfriend. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I agree. Mm, I think it can be a red flag because they're like keeping you secret. Why are you on the download? And if that's something like nice that you've agreed to, that's fine. But if they're like, do you not see that really funny meme of a guy um, holding his phone in a way that makes it look like he's gone on holiday on his own with uh, the girl next to him on the sofa? And it's something like, guys be like, I just went away for a boys weekend. <laughs> Naturally, they're on a couple oh, wow. holiday. <laughs> no. Oh, God. See, I don't see any of that this. Kind of shit. And I don't know. I believe in like living an independent life. So your partner doesn't. I feel it is a warning sign if your partner isn't being mentioned if you are talking about everything else. If you're talking about everything else, for example, it was a warning sign for my previous relationships for me not putting them on social media because I was didn't feel comfortable putting them on social media because they were kind of forcing me to. 
and I do talk relatively openly, so it, it is odd. And I did kind of put that boundary up to make myself feel safe about it, but it was just because they made me feel uncomfortable about it. I've had some really shit relationships. That's right. Other red flags? Yeah, sorry, babe. No, no, no. I've made I some mean, you're not alone choices. in that. Like, oh my God. Um, it's also one thing I really always want to hammer home to people is like, like the gaslight act is made for a reason. When people think that I'm like badass and like give no shits and all that sort of branding that I've done over the years, that is a majority of the time true. But I have also fallen for an asshole to the point where I couldn't believe my reality. And I didn't know whether or not I was seeing things or if I was crazy. So this happens to all people. You're not stupid. You're not alone. Just listen out for that sort of thing. If someone is invalidating your experiences or your feelings or calling you crazy, that is a huge red flag. Benanero. <laughs> well, does this circle round to you? Well, something I've written down on here. Um, the sad truth is, is that all women I know, and I don't know what men would say about this, have been in some kind of abusive relationship at some point and this was doubly highlighted to me in a conversation that I had that I'm pretty sure I reached out to you immediately afterwards which was saying to a mutual I said to a mutual friend of ours without even thinking about it a male friend I was like yeah yeah but every woman's got an ex that they fought at one point or another might kill them yeah and he looked so horrified by what had come out of my mouth that I was like oh I just said that without even thinking about it am I crazy and I I think I texted you and was like, is that weird? And you were like, no, it seems like a true statement. Yeah, it seems like a true statement. Uh, also because it's the simple thing that we've been raised up that if they hurt you, they love you. Yes. Yeah. And burlesque is a real antidote for that um, in a mm. lot of ways. Um, have you heard the good word? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Problem solution. Burlesque. <laughs> burlesque it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> bring it to the schools teach it to the children <laughs> uh, because it's such a it's such an expression of yourself and the care to yourself and finding things you love about yourself but it is unfortunately I can tell you that I know I wouldn't say all my female identifying friends have been in relationships where they've feared for their lives in particular but a majority of them have been scared in relationships and it's something that's extremely common um, and something mm. that we are told that we kind of have to deal with even in a world where domestic violence is illegal and all these things there is still a psychology behind it where we are told from a young age that if a boy punches you in the side of the arm or does something nasty to you it's because they like you, like you. It's because they uh. like you and it's a really dangerous mindset it's also the other mindset that comes with that is that women's burden is to fix men like female identifier is to fix these problems and one of the things that we're talking about specifically in re like relationships and burlesque is how much are you willing to balance out changing their mind about burlesque and how much are you willing to let go and live your fucking life yeah because there's only so much retraining and helping is like be there for your partner help them unlearn things renew and recreate and move forward and progress but you have to balance out your mental health and your safety alongside yeah. it yeah yeah that's all I got to say. Your aunties have come to tea. <laughs> yeah, right. Love has to hurt circles a billion times. It's the, it's the Nancy and Oliver. It's this idea that women are the oh. civilizing factor. Like in films, books, even fucking Romeo and Juliet, they both have to die. <laughs> like music, we're constantly being sold this idea that love has to hurt, that true love is torturous, that you, unless it hurts, it's not real love, that there's a glamorization to suffering within love and that it's women's jobs to fix or to be there for or to be the emotional punching bag for men and 
just has to end it's so toxic and awful and it seeps into everything and I think it makes it almost impossible to understand until you get a lot older if you're lucky what a healthy relationship looks like oh yeah I totally agree I realize that all the red flags that I've said and all the things are literally just all about the my male partners that I've had do you have any red flags with female partners there's similar things like getting jealous one female partner has gotten jealous specifically about like the way that I would have to swan round after a show and wouldn't give them attention. But that feels relatively standard because I feel like a lot of partners will just go through that teething part where they realise that you, they're not going to be the centre of your attention while you're at work. Mm. And that's part of learning how to be with a performer. I'd say that would be the main one. But outside of that, uh, I would honestly say that my female to non-binary relationships have actually been kind of super chill about that side of things it's been very much that's my job Mm. there's small nuances like being a bit of a dick to them where i ignore them at shows or the way that i talk to them that whole no frills sort of thing but those have either been ironed out or we've fizzled out it's never been like a do or die sort of thing their like whole ego hasn't been at place because i have a life yeah One of my red flags I've written down is not playing the game at shows. And I wonder how you feel about this. So when I say I have an expectation for my partner to be performatively my partner at shows, it seems kind of wrong. This idea that like, no, no, when we're in my work environment, you're expected to make small talk, to dress appropriately. Um, And these things like shouldn't be things you find awful. Like hopefully the happiness of the relationship is that you like being that thing when I'm doing the work thing. And it feels wrong to say that. But the fact of the matter is, is as a woman, I've done that without thinking forever <laughs> when we're in the flip side, which is the the performative playing the game work scenario. And then I stopped feeling guilty about it. <laughs> oh my God, you're totally right. Because as you were saying it, I was like, oh God, we're going to have to have an argument about this. <laughs> but um, you're right. I, I How do you have that discussion? Because like you want to be able to be like, I accept my partner and accept them as who they are. But at the same time, this venue has a dress code. Like, I want you by my side and you have to be pleasant and nice to the people that are around me. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I'm not going to make you do it. But if you do, it's going to help my career and it's going to help me exist in this world pleasantly. But if you get drunk at the end, oh my God, partners who get drunk at your shows no yeah behave like assholes awful no you are right like you don't have to do it like for me and obviously like I have this in my relationship so that's fine but let's say I was single I couldn't be with somebody who couldn't do that or would consider it a Mm. massive burden it's just it's on the checklist of for me to be with somebody you have to be comfortable doing that because it's a big part of my life and I would like to have Mm. my partner there and I like for them to be a presence in the room but, but some yeah. of that also surely is just fucking manners. Like I don't turn up to your work, sulk about not talking yeah. to people, not bother talking to people unless they're only interested in talking to me, get wasted and act like a rude asshole. I do think there's a gendered difference in mm. the way that you're, how much you accept that as something that you should be doing that's part of your role as partner. Yeah, because there's also, when you do do those things and you come dressed and things like that, it also is really good for my relationships. Like 
when you don't act like a dick because I feel like you're proud to not only be on my arm, but also to have me on your arm. There is something to be said for someone who is just in your corner. They don't have to be next to you. They can be just behind you, just cheering you on. And sometimes that's dressing in a nice outfit and being by your side and making small talk with people or helping us with our suitcases. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to be in the centre of the ring to help us fight our fights. And I think... I'm with you. It's something that I would do so completely subconsciously for any work event or anything. I would just turn up and not get drunk and be present and look fantastic and be proud of them. Be proud of them. Yeah. And talk and have to deal with conversations that don't revolve around probably anything you're interested in. (laughs) Yeah, it's the work thing, isn't it? It's the work power couple dynamic, I suppose. But again, like we're kind of trained for this role in a way that men aren't. (laughs) Mm, like I'm legit trained to how to dress to get him a higher promotion exactly oh I know half my and how are your children and how was the holiday you took last week and blah, oh blah, my blah, blah, goodness blah. have you been working out tell me more about dentistry or whatever yeah tell me how the world of accounts is <laughs> yeah I heard there was a new survey that came out that said blah 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 blah, blah. I don't care it doesn't matter <laughs> I fucking do anyway yeah we did have some times where it was like but I'm not interested in these things I'm like do you think I'm interested interested in any of the things that I've had to talk about some of your work things no we do this for each other and we've now come to a really nice understanding about that but I think it can be tricky when it's not inbuilt into you from birth that your role is support (laughs) (sighs) and decoration ah support and decoration oh Find yourself a partner that likes dressing up if you like dressing up that will be a piece of my advice I don't but you're not so hot in dressing up in real life no, I'm not. am i wrong yeah see i do enjoy it though i like my cash <laughs> my, mm, i got yeah. a comfy cowboys my comfy jumper my yeah. slutty shorts i'm a summer <laughs> uh but now i'm just like jumper vibes every day <laughs> yeah it's um the first time i've been in a relationship with someone where they every time there's a show they will ask me what they should wear and I'm like, oh, that's so nice. That's <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's lovely. It's really nice. So it feels it feels weirdly supportive in some yeah. ways. You can be the wife tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and they look so fucking good in the suit. <clears throat> I don't know why men don't, uh, men who don't like or enjoy wearing suits. I'm like, this is so hot. What's wrong with you? Same Scrub up. I don't like wearing it like thongs and heels i look amazing but i don't want to wear them all the time every day i'm constantly surprised you end up in burlesque and drag. <laughs> i'm like no i hate it it's armor <laughs> it's touching my bum hole i don't like it <laughs> i don't like thongs for that reason but we'll do the underwear episode <laughs> I don't like thongs. I don't like them. And for years, I felt like a freak because it was all thong, 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 thong. Literally, even in the charts. And now I'm just like, fuck it. I hate thongs. They itch my anus. Not down with it. <laughs> itch my anus. <laughs> I feel like I have a constant fucking wedgie. I'm not here for it. No. It's thrushy. It's sweaty. It's gross. It cuts into the sides. Like, there's only two thongs that I specifically like, and they are like the softest lace, and they're like a size too big. Uh, I like wearing thongs on stage. I love, 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 love wearing thongs on stage because it suits my body. But just in real life, honestly, are my pants going to stay on long enough for you to give a shit? Me, personally. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah you personally but now i'm like i'm literally like now my underwear drawer is like full of underwear that i've bought over the last few years of my life and i'm just like rummaging through just like where is the big black pants <laughs> just right at the bottom that's my life <laughs> lace designer <laughs> fucking vintage crystal no ah here we are baggy worn out multi-pack broken elastic yeah, like the elastic's like straight thong, and then like the idiot. fabric's like buckled under and it's just oh yeah so great not thong obviously pants pants idiot brief idiot. full brief none of this brazilian full cut brief. full brief <laughs> Nipple covering for you. <laughs> I want to wear the underwear equivalent of a onesie. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you. <sighs> yes. Yes. It's the underwear equivalent of this jumper that I'm wearing now that I've worn solidly for the past eight days. How do you feel about when you wear boxer shorts? I don't mind them. I don't own any. Sometimes I'll wear Luke's. He gets very upset. That's part of the fun. <laughs> I love wearing boxer shorts. I'm like, ah. Oh. These are, I like the snug ones, not the baggy ones. I don't understand those. That feels like there's so much going on. Like, why would you wear those? But I, I love know. the snug ones. It's just like, I found some under my bed that someone left behind after some stint. And <laughs> I tried them on and they were just so comfy. This I love wearing them. I also like the pouch at the front because it's just so much space. Put your phone there. It's just like, it feels like a little ventilation system. Keep a biscuit, <laughs> snack for later. Yeah. Snacks and crutches. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah, they're good for Crutch sleeping. Snack. They don't work with most of my clothing, but sleeping's fun. Mm. Uh, which is like, why boxes are st- aren't? Oh, aren't I presume you mean aren't a standard option for women? Are they now? They are. Well, there was like the real. There was the um, girl boxes that were huge when I was a kid, which were just Brazilian style pants. No, not Brazilian. What are the boxer briefs? What they called? Boxer oh briefs. yeah. There we go. Is that what they call boxer briefs? No, there's something. Yeah, else. I don't mind them. They're hard to stick a pad to. Yes. Can't get under the fold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is another issue I have with thongs. Oh, yeah. It's like... I know you can get thong panty lines. Shut up. No. What is that going to do? Like, what kind of absorbency? We know if you sit down, it's going to dribble down your ass crack. Exactly. Plus, you practically have to wax any ass hairs getting it in and out every time you go to the toilet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should probably wrap this shit up. Yeah, I mean, we have strayed off topic. Wildly. We've got three episodes in one today. <laughs> oh, God. Depending on how much warm-up chat's included. Uh, well, I guess we could talk loads and loads about relationships because we could do more red flags and, like, exes and all that kind of shit. So no doubt we'll revisit it, team. Yeah, this is specifically, like, the early warning signs of relationships and burlesque. Yeah. Also, don't feel you need to be in a relationship, people. Oh. I find it really interesting now when I say to people, like, oh, yeah, no, I've lived with three three guys in three relationships I think that's quite normal but a lot of people I know with Melesca are like really I'm like yeah but I from a young age like glamorized being in a relationship I'm serial monogamist and if I could go back and live my life another way I wouldn't do that because I've spent a huge amount of time revolving around how I think about the person I'm in a relationship with whether I've wanted to or not and the times that I've been single it's just like oh my god it's like a rest for the brain I didn't realize the extent to which every thought process I had revolved around this other person and some of that's lovely but some of it's unnecessary and exhausting and yeah I think from a young age I was glamorized into being in a relationship says something good about you which is again a lot of hangover from lots of things we've been taught you have to be in a relationship at all team so mm. if you're single and single over a certain age 
I think again is demonized. Fucking love it. Live your life. Be free. That's an advert. No, it's a song from the 80s. And also like relationships don't have to be, but have to be what you've been sold. There are so many Mm. different types of relationships. We're told that relationships exist in a certain way by society you whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous that doesn't matter this is a simple thing for all relationships all styles that you can make your own relationship you don't have to follow a template beforehand we're living in an age where living with someone doesn't define how much you love them a marriage isn't necessarily a step in a direction having kids isn't a lifetime guarantee of a relationship none of these things are permanent or that they'll love you or that they'll love you that is totally true a relationship can be carved out for yourself. You can make your own boundaries. You make your own rules. Start from scratch. Make from blank. It doesn't have to form anything. Like you can live with someone and then stop living with them and it still be good for your relationship. Yeah. Make your own decisions, people. Yes. <laughs> what she said. Yeah. It's 2020. Make your own relationship rules. Fuck the oh, system. Yeah. Fuck the system. It's so good. And, and it if that's that nice. you want to settle down and get married, lovely. Do that. Have but also, marriage doesn't need to look like you think it looks. Yeah, definitely not. Which it goes in with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even if you choose a thing that feels traditional, don't feel like you have to do it in a way that society says. Yeah, do what the Catholics and other Christian religions do. Just pick and choose. Be more Catholic. <laughs> oh God, no, don't be more Catholic. <laughs> I was always really hugely put off marriage because my parents, it's just one of those things where it's like, I just don't, don't want to get involved, financially involved with anyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's concluded. it. Yes, I sense that from you. <laughs> I like having everything myself. It's mine. So, it's not... Oh, shit. It's not burlesque. Unless you've regretted following someone on social media. <laughs> it's not burlesque unless you meant to screenshot an image of somebody and accidentally press like. Oh, it's not burlesque unless you accidentally wanted to send a reply to a story that you were sent in a private <laughs> message but actually replied to the original story like some shady cunt thus yeah. spiraling into a war <laughs> that's one of one of our friendship rules yeah it's not necessarily screenshot what- don't send the actual thing yes that's a life hack for you <laughs> a friendship hack <laughs> friendship hack if you're Fucking going hacks. to talk about someone you need to screenshot do not send them the actual material yes Screenshots and WhatsApp groups only, people. And by God, make sure you name your WhatsApp groups distinctly. (laughs) Because it's far too easy to put it in the wrong group when you think you're privately messaging the last person in the trail. Oh. Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, as always, I'm going to plug him at Pluggerson uh, OnlyFans and, of course, our beautiful shared patron. Tempest and I went live yesterday, but for you it will be many days ago. And we announced that if we reach over a certain number of subscribers, we will do a live Q&A agony art style thing on our Patreon where you can literally ask us anything and we will do our best to give advice. <laughs> it's such a concept. How could you not want oh. that? given the gems that we've dropped this oh, episode. I was paid to be a magic mirror once at a fetish party where I sat behind a glass and people would come to me for advice and I just got strategically high throughout the evening and just the advice I gave oh, brilliant. It was amazing. We did, oh my God, we did a, a silent disco where one of the channels was an Agony Aunt channel. I completely forgot about this and people could contact us on social media to answer their questions and we'd read it out over one of the channels and then just give our answers. That's amazing. <laughs> brilliant. 
That is so good. Yeah. Brilliant. That's so good. Do that again. Great. Happy days when we can next be all sweaty together. So yeah, sign up to our Patreon if we get to just a modest number of over 20 because it's just a nice cozy place to be. Um, We will do this live session and we are so excited about it. It's super awesome. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for the live. It was really fun to see you all there. It was really great. It was super lovely. Uh, Thank you to our current Patreons. Thank you to our Patreon boss bitch. The face alive with the sound of wildfire. Ah! Well done, marvellous. You're welcome. <laughs> Go check out our season at the bridge. Be- being created excellently by Lolo Brow uh, with I've lads done the and-, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and the House of Burlesque and also Bitten Peach and the Black Burlesque Review. Buy tickets to ours and perhaps also theirs. <laughs> wow. Good work. It's our platform. I'm selling our show first, but also buy tickets to all of them. Please buy tickets to all of them. Um, the Bridge After Dark is a new venture for theatre and it is, it's it's really exciting and amazing. And I know it's odd times where everyone's really unsure. Like people are like not sure they should buy tickets. We've had loads of emails from people being like, is it still going on? These shows are still going ahead. Lockdown will end on the day it's supposed to end and we will go into the shows that we have worked so hard to create for you guys. And I'm saying this with so much determination that it will have to happen. Excellent. I refuse. (laughs) We'll be at the bridge, whether you'll be there with us. (laughs) Even if it's Lolo and I just sitting outside, stuffing crisps under our mask and singing along to all of the tracks on an iphone that would have been in the show will be there get your ticket you'll either be refunded or transitioned so brilliant perfect is that fair yeah great i mean who could want for a better sales pitch (laughs) who could who could possibly want and also this will come out next week so thank you everyone who turned up to the uh, house of burlesque salon live that's super super fun that would have happened um and make sure you check out the house of burlesque patreon where you can learn all sorts of uh, burlesque goodies and go on to Lolo's OnlyFans and then make requests, please, and that I'll find funny because that's really the benefit that I get from that. <laughs> Someone's asking me for scrunched soles at the moment, specifically scrunched up soles of my feet, and it's really interesting. Well, okay, interesting, cool. Yeah, okay, I get it. I don't get it, your life, but I get that you you have a happy time. Cool. As always, a huge, massive thank you to Richie Ruru's for editing Woo! this fucking roller coaster of an episode that's like three hours long because we're just like and another thing <laughs> um, thank you so much for um, editing us and, and being wonderful and supportive and all the wonderful things and there's so many photos that you've done on our Instagram make sure you do check out their podcast which is I Might Be Wrong um, and it's on Instagram and Twitter at I Might Be Wrong UK it's all about music and retro albums it's really interesting Check out Invisible Cabaret and Rosie Verbose, who is the composer of our excellent jingle. Still relevant. Singer and composer. Still relevant. Still locked in our homes. And also, please do make sure that you follow us on all our social media. We are at Ginsalt Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We're on email as well. I guess that's a form of social media. It's social and it's media. So yeah, please do follow us and like have a look at our posts. We love it when you share our um, stuff back to us. It's great. We're a huge fan. So thank you for all your amazing love and support. We can't wait to see where this journey goes. 
Thanks, team. You've been awesome. Check your red flags. Look after yourselves. Rewrite your relationships. And on that note, we'll see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> so you want to be a showgirl, a star of cabaret. But the closure of the theatres leaves a hole in your heart and in your day. Well, here's two artists who miss burlesque gigs, performing and acting moronic. People who, when life gives them lemons, just slice them up for a gin and tonic. They put the mock in mocktail, the cock in cocktail. Let them show you how. It's gin salt with tempest rose and low, low brown. Give us your attention. Well... <laughs> I was going to say something about thongs, but no. I might be thong UK.